Knights, how you doing? We are on to hey. week four already. Remember, it's the Draftaholics pod, where we're always evaluating the NFL teams and players in the context of a real fantasy football team. The rest, as they say, is just pretend. I'm your host, at Draftaholic on Twitter. My name's Matt Savoka. On the big screen once again, what's up, buddy? What's up? What's up, everybody? At George Sloten on Twitter. I am like this Thursday night game and that I am premier. Yeah, this is a premier matchup. It is. And I'm William Spinato at W Spinato on Twitter. Two N's and one T. There's the consonant, man. He hurt his finger. We'll tell you all about that. Uh, very interesting injury. We hope your finger feels better there. But don't be surprised if he's got that E.T. red finger up yeah. for the next Just couple episodes there as he heals things there. So, guys, it's the week four mini. It's the Vikings versus the Rams. Two of the best offenses in football if you discount the Last atrocity yeah. against the Bills. Guys, I have not seen that many sharp betters go down with that shore of a pick. Will, yeah. did you say something that was one of the biggest upsets in Vegas odds history? Yes, in terms of the spread. Yeah, they the scoring was completely the opposite. I think they were favored by almost 17 points by the time yeah. the game started. And then to be shut out, that's that's ridiculous in terms of the betting odds. Right, we're not talking about people who, uh, teams that are... Uh, really favored by three possessions or something like right. that underperforming that happens all the time but to lose outright is something that when you were supposed to be rare. favored by three scores that's yeah. that's crazy it's a lot so we've got this high flying belion as george says <laughs> offense in the los angeles ran it's actually the two most consolidated offenses in terms of the passing game in the league which is great for fantasy. You have almost 83% of the weighted opportunity. That's a weighted share of market share of targets and a weighted share of market share of air yards for a team. The highest in the league for a trio of receivers is the Rams. And the highest for a duo of receivers is the Vikings. So these are consolidated, impressive, efficient passing offenses and the big difference may be the defense. That's really the big thing for me. So before we go into our matchups to watch of this week, I want to ask you guys a question. We're right off the heels of another broadcast weekend, and you've got a lot of ways to experience the NFL on the TV these, this year. And between Red Zone and Monday Night Football on ESPN and Sunday Night Football on NBC, there are a lot of different takes on the best way to broadcast a game. How would you change the NFL viewing experience if it were up to you. And William, let's start with you. Sure. First, I want to shout out Monday Night Football in particular for adding the the lineups, the players that are on the field at the start of each snap. It's extremely helpful for fantasy players who are kind of like trying to squint and see the number. You can see whether your guy is in or not, and you can also make some some judgments about how the offense is being run in that way. Uh, But my, my favorite part that the NFL has been introducing, but I feel like they don't use it enough, is the Sky Cam. More Sky Cam. More Sky Cam. Yeah, I I really like to watch football unravel from from the perspective of the quarterback. You can see so much more. You can't even see the secondary with that tight shot that they have always on basically the the lines, and and you can basically see the the running back, and and they follow the ball. I love to see how the defense unfolds for the quarterback. Watch him make his reads rather than having to wait until after the play to see that. So I don't know. Maybe it's an issue with some people with seasickness or something like that. Or maybe they don't want to have the sky cam on the field the whole game when you're actually watching. But anytime I've been to a live NFL game, I see the sky cam out there the whole time. You know, But it feels like they they only use it like once or twice a half, which is, I feel like, a missed opportunity. There's an aversion for some people there. They feel like it's not 
right, and I don't get that. Maybe it's all. just historically it'll be too confusing if they change it, if you're seeing it from the, from the perspective of behind the offense. But well, there's I, just I a younger it. generation, uh, the Madden generation, who is used to watching football from that view. We're sure. not going to have a problem with that ever in our lives, no. period. George, how about you? How would you change that NFL viewing experience if you, uh, if you made all the decisions? Well, in regards to camera angles, what Booker McFarlane's been doing for Monday Night Football is yeah, amazing. Cool. I love this. Th- I love this third man camera roving. It kind of reminds me of the the when you're watching the Olympics and you have that they show the Olympic record along with the swimmer or with huh. the runner. You can see that line of who's racing with it. I like how Booger they move Booger along with yeah, the, with, the, with the uh, with He's the plays, which is great. On this like kind of like this, yeah, they they just move the Booger from from the left nostril to the right nostril. All right, number six is pick. Your job is to pick this giant nose right here, and it's been kind of sick lately, so I hope I hope that it's not, or maybe it's feeling a little better now. Uh-oh, uh-oh, no, maybe not. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, be careful, but dig through all of that nose gack, all of it. That, on the left side of the field, right side of the field. Ah, but... It's not a, anyway. The point. The point is, he's been giving great analysis. He's actually able to hear the audibles and the footwork from the field, which uh, someone like Jason Witten, you know, 150 feet in the air can't right. hear. So I'd like to see maybe some more camera angles from the booger camera, the booger, booger cam. cam. I don't booger know cam. what you want to call yeah, it. The and booger perspective cam. too. The booger yeah, cam. Like I love how he's been interjecting yeah. on Monday night. Like it causes much less awkward silence between the two commentators, and they can mm-hmm. throw it down to the side of the field and say like, "Hey, what are you getting from your perspective?" Which is is different. Than what we're exactly. Used to. Flash forward, we have like exactly. six different analysts like floating above the field right. a half decade from yeah. now. Sure, yeah, right. Into it, we might have created a. They're monster. gonna be. They're gonna be. They're gonna be drones from at every hey, ten yard hey, line. Hey, this could be very real. Everybody so work from home. I do want to change the NFL viewing experience in terms of how or which people we can view or listen to in terms of broadcasters. Hmm. I don't. This isn't a knock on any of the broadcasters specifically that we have at any of the big uh, studios there. They do a great job in preparation and in execution. But I would love to see a comedian live stream a game and just a separate channel. I would love to see former players talking about some of the things that are happening on and off the field. We saw what a great former player analyst and Tony Romo can do to inject joy yeah. into the game. Yeah. And I think that's something that we can absolutely continue on. It doesn't have to be on the main channel. Right. Just make it a live streaming channel yeah. with this ESPN Plus editions. And even on uh, with more and more people going to, say, NBCSports.com and watching the Sunday Night Football there. These live streaming options should increase exponentially over the next half decade and decade. Why not make some of them fun? Why not some, make some more analytically focused for the stats obsessed like yours truly? That could be a great way to change the game. Can you imagine? Yeah. It could just be so fun. Can you imagine Le'Veon Bell live tweeting or live streaming the the Steelers first right, three yeah, games? Was... Not like he's gonna say like not like not that he's gonna give up the play calls, but he's gonna be like, man, I could have done that, that better. That, I, I would. Well, we do get that on Twitter a bit, but you're right. It would but, be fun to have like rolling commentary. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So we are on to our week four matchup to watch, the Thursday night football matchup to watch. And just to remind you folks, this is just a little preview for our full week four episode that airs later in the week. You can check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, all the places you find your podcasts. But we love when you subscribe on YouTube because we've got the extra visuals, we've got the draft boards, we add a little oomph, a little pizzazz to the broadcast and we put it up for you and our subscribers there. But... One of the ways that you can help us, even if you're just listening on audio, is 
hit that subscribe button, and then leave a rating and review. Five stars would be awesome, but any type of review that helps us get better at what we're doing, yeah. that's going to help us in the long run. Of course, if you have any strategy questions or anything that you want the Draftaholics to discuss on discuss on the show, then please hit us up. Twitter, at DraftaholicsPod. Instagram, at DraftaholicsPod. YouTube you're, comments. Yeah, anywhere. You're going to see a ton of new content. Yeah. Uh, we were just talking about how, based on our one lineup to rule them all, each week we're going to add our pivot plays. Yeah. So we can talk about situations that have maybe changed since we broadcast. But... We will get to that in the will, upcoming days. Yeah, what's up, George? I, I will say that, like, you know, obviously, shout out to the Fantasy Footballers and other podcasts that stream on YouTube as well. But what Matt does to our podcast, he is like the, the gum to Pete Carroll. He's the pencil to Matt Patricia. He's the, the cutoff sweatshirt of Bill Belichick. It's just <laughs> that, like you said, that pizzazz. It, it is what makes us the Draftaholics. Yeah, it's worth watching. Thanks again to Matt for all the yeah. editing work. And shout out to Matt. Photoshop skills are really... Yeah. They're getting there. They're getting good. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. It's a lot <laughs> of fun, and uh, I love doing it, but we just love that you guys are here taking I the think, info. At yeah. this rate, at this rate, you're like three months away from like starting a fake ID business, it looks like. Stop it. I, I will not. I will not. I never will. Okay, <laughs> so we are moving to the week four matchups to watch, and guys, this is the Vikings. This is the Rams. It actually is a pretty high over-under at 49, mm -hmm. and I was surprised to see the Rams so heavily favored yeah, at six home, and a half points. almost getting a full touchdown here. Yep. So the matchups to watch, it can be just the regular team versus a team, but we like to get a little deeper on Thursday. It could be a player versus a team, like a quarterback versus a vaunted defense. It could be a player versus a player, like a wide receiver quarterback matchup that we can't wait to see. This is just as a fan, as a fantasy analyst, what is your matchup to watch in this Thursday night game? Well, I'm really interested in seeing uh, kind of all on one side of the ball. Matt was speaking to this earlier, the consolidation of the Rams offense, especially in terms of pass catchers. They have a really unique situation. They're probably the only team in the league where you can start all three of the wide receivers mm -hmm. and feel good about it. George, I'm going to throw you a little question here. Who is the pass catching tight end in L.A.? Tyler Higby. Right. I mean, he's caught a couple of passes. He's got 11.3 points total on the year, but he's just not performing consistently. He hasn't. He hasn't been getting enough red zone targets. He hasn't been getting enough regular targets. So mm -hmm. I'm really interested. I haven't taken the time to watch an entire Rams game yet this year. That's my bad. But I'm excited to see it on primetime and see how this distribution works. Additionally, the Vikings have a weakness across the middle of the field. Pass catching running backs and tight ends are going to score well. I think that's huge for Eckler and Gordon. But I also think Cup might take the lead in this uh, this three wide receiver extremely consolidated consistent battle uh, so you were saying that last week it was good for Eckler and Gordon and now you're saying it is positive for those middle of the field receivers like Cup yeah totally. okay yeah yes. yeah sure sure I, I totally agree with that there I also think that there is a discrepancy in the way that the Vikings want to play offense and the way that the Rams play defense I know we saw the injury to Akeem Dalib I heard he might need surgery that is definitely a problem for that defense overall I do want to say that the Vikings have been number one in terms of total pass attempts, but number 32 in terms of protection rate. Mm. That is player profilers pass-based offensive line efficiency stat. This is going to be a problem for a Ndamukong Sue and yeah. Aaron Donald defensive line. I don't care what is going on in the secondary right. with the injuries this week. That is a lot of pressure for Kirk Cousins, and... It, even though he's had a high pressure completion percentage in his career, this is different. 
And I think that's why we're seeing such a large line for the Rams. I think they have a defensive line that's going to dictate the terms of this game. Mm -hmm. And without a running game that can keep the defense honest, Dalvin Cook and his force missed tackles need to play to give the Vikings a chance. That's what we saw completely exploited in the Buffalo upset. And frankly, that defense did not look top-notch last week. So that needs to change. I think the Rams take this... Uh, maybe I like the Vikings against the spread there with such a high spread, but it's the defensive line, Sue and Donald, that control the game. Yeah, I'm going to fade your fade, Matt. I don't, know, I don't know if it's necessarily a fade, but I don't think the Rams have seen... Uh, well, the, first of all, the Rams have seen uh, uh, a questionable David Johnson. They've seen Marshawn Lynch. They haven't seen somebody like Dalvin Cook. I mean, a fully healthy Dalvin Cook is is scary. Um, and it also doesn't, like you said, Akib Tlaib's out. Or and may need surgery. Marcus Peters is out. Um, it it's going to be a very close game, and I actually am going to give the edge to the Vikings. I think it's because their attack is a little bit more rounded. Um, in terms of pre-draft, when and our rankings uh, before the season, I always liked to draft a wide receiver that didn't have that much competition around them. So I I was uh, I really stayed away from the Thielens and the Diggs and the Marvin Joneses, and I, I do like Golden Tate. But what I meant to say was I. I instead drafted people like Larry Fitzgerald, but I think I'm wrong, in, and I think that having uh, two wide receiver ones in Diggs and Thielen and having a big, strong Kyle Rudolph tight end there, uh, along with a, a run game that, that you cannot, you know, the Rams have to scheme for not just Diggs and Thielen, but also for Dalvin Cook. He's a good pass-catching back. Latavius Murray... Had a chance to shine last week and really didn't, but Dalvin is a true three-down workhorse back um, looking into the future, and I think that that's going to give the Rams some trouble with having a more rounded offense uh, that the Vikings have. So I'm going to take even spread, I mean spreadless or spread, I'm going to take the Vikings. I really, I I like the analysis there, and I just saw coming across the wire here that Pat Elfline, the star center for the Vikings, is going to play. Great. So we're talking about an increase, hopefully, in that protection rate, because 32, as you may have heard, is last. (laughs) So before we get out of here, the last thing we do in our preview episode, we go through the Roto World blurbs, just like I'm sure you do. We give our little take. It's called our two-minute drill, so that you know how we feel about this week's news and notes. We are beginning right now, and it starts with Hugh Jackson naming Baker Mayfield the coach. <laughs> he's not, he's the coach. coach. He should he's be the quarterback. Uh, are, we, are we excited about the Browns offense we moving forward? We can only hope that Hugh would name Baker the actual coach instead of just the quarterback. But yeah, I'm definitely excited. I think we saw an uptick in the Browns. They're obviously my favorite team now. Yeah. George, what do you think? You like it? Yeah, make, make, him the, make him the coach. Make him the coach. Yeah. Make him the coach. Anthony okay, Miller is day-to-day with a dislocated left shoulder. It looks like it's going to require surgery in the offseason. You still like him in season-long leagues? I think, um, I don't know. We don't know the full extent of this. I don't think you were starting him before. I, yeah, I think this kind of makes him droppable. Okay. Uh, I think I still hold on to him there. Dalvin Cook considers himself day-to-day, and Mike Zimmer added that there's a possibility that he will play on Thursday. What do you, what do you give his odds to him playing? I don't know. Percentage. I mean, honest percentage. I think there's probably at least a sixty percent chance that he plays. George. If, yeah. 
Come back to me on Thursday. Yeah, I, All I, right. it's kind of hard to say this early, but you know, we were talking about it earlier. As a Dalvin Cook owner, don't you kind of want him to rest if he needs to get right? Yeah, I think that it's okay if he sits out one more. Right. Exactly. If I he's not really right. We want him at 100%. Time. He is leading the league in forced missed tackles per game right. right now, obviously with one less on the schedule. Adrian Peterson is dealing with a sprained right ankle, was seen in a walking boot, but is expected to be ready. Do you believe the hype in Adrian Peterson? He's the uh, fifth in rushing right now. I think it's very game script dependent. I don't necessarily believe the hype. If he's also banged up, I'm even more slightly off. Of him. Okay. He's guys. He's two for three in clutch games. I mean, I know that's a small sample size, but when 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 he was going as in like the RB in like a tenth or eleventh round, that's value right there just to begin with. So yeah, sure. he's only he's only, you know, kudos to AP. I'm shocked. Yeah. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, the New York Daily News is reporting that the Jets have reached out for Le'Veon Bell. What do you give the percentage chance of a trade happening in the next two weeks with Le'Veon Bell? Ooh. Oh, man. I, I would love – I think it would be really exciting for something like that to happen. To give me honest. a number. Uh, chance that he'll be traded, though, uh, 60. Okay. 80. And finally, the saddest news of the week, unfortunately, that's Jimmy Garoppolo. The reports are in. He tore his ACL and will miss the rest of the season. Guys, who is the beneficiary, fantasy-wise, if any, from this injury? It's gonna be it's gonna be Matt Breida. Carlos Hyde with uh, went from three point eight targets per game to eight point three targets per game when C.J. Beathard was uh, helming the team. I think Matt Breida is going to see an uptick in targets, and uh, he's also been averaging like forty-nine yards per carry. He yeah. had a he had a scary moment there he did. where he yeah. looked like he was a non-contact injury, but he came back, ran free in the third and fourth quarter. Yeah, he did a Lashawn McCoy. Uh, <laughs> I was just looking for the tweet that JJ tweeted out that that stat with the JJ uh, Zachary in a yeah. number fire and yeah, yeah. duel there. I think it's definitely possible that the, that the running back gets an uptick in targets, but also uh, he leaned on Kittle before, so I think it's not it's not a horrible bet. To think that maybe the tight end might have had an uptick as well. First and only play that the 49ers ran with C.J. Beathard was a fourth down touchdown pass to George Kittle that was negated by a penalty. Mm -hmm. So that's a good call. That's the end of our two-minute drill. And those are our takes on all of the news and notes here going into week four. We will be back just later in the week with all of our takes, our quick shots, our draft of the week. We'll be analyzing what we got right, what we got wrong from week three so that we can make our process even better going forward. Make sure to hit that subscribe button on iTunes, on Google Play, on Stitcher, wherever you listen, and on YouTube, guys. Thanks for watching my editing skills. They're getting better and better every day, I must say. And folks, have a great week four. Hopefully no major injuries this time around. I'm your host, at Draftaholic on Twitter. My name's Matt Saboka. On the big screen. At George Sloten. Follow if you dare. And I'm William Spinato at W Spinato. Two N's, one T. The consonant man, the uh, finger injury man. We'll go into that soon. Guys, have a great week. We are the Draftaholics, where you're only as good as your last pick. pick.